and that's how I even got started with this, uh, the whole internet business, because I sold all my shoes and stuff. Wow. So I had money in shoes. I had money how in many clothes. shoes did you have? I had like two, three hundred shoes. Just yeah. I had Jordans. I was a Jordans fanatic. How to beat the trap. Peace, family, and welcome back to another episode of How to Beat the Trap. And I want to welcome to the trap today and my special guest here. I mean, we got a genius in the building. So, like, I have some funny people. I have some charismatic people and all that. And he got that, too. But I got a genius in here, Boniface entrepreneur extraordinaire. He's like... He's like the ghost of the digital business world. I mean, he's like the guy that like everybody knows and you might not see that much, but he pulled a lot of strings. He's the one you definitely want on your team, man, brother. I thank you and appreciate you for just like last minute hopping in. I got fresh you, as heck with this jacket on. I got to. And just coming to visit me in the trap, man. Thank you so much. So um, how we're gonna start this is, um, we always start the trap by realizing that many of us face traps, right? And, yep. and, and the trap is defined as, um, a program or system that we was in before yes, we gained a success. Oh, quite like that. Yeah. But a program or system that entices or entangles you, mm-hmm. but that's secretly meant to benefit another. Okay. Right? Okay. So, so, so it's really the setup. Okay. It's, it, it's, it's like the college trap. They okay. tell us, like, go to college like it's for our benefit, okay. but they really want to get the interest on our student loans. Mm-hmm. It's like how they tell us in a corporate trap, go to school, get good grades, mm-hmm. and get a job. Yep. The jobs benefit us. They yep. entice us. They entangle us. Yep. But really, the jobs is for the corporations to, right? To, yeah, for them to make money and benefit themselves. Correct, right? So, Or like the correctional trap. I'm, I'm, I'm with the prison, right? Mm-hmm. Or the corner trap. It's, they make you think that selling drugs in the corner, you're going to be a baller and have all this money. Yep. But it's really set you up so you can have free labor in prison in that you're in the correctional trap and in the corner trap, right? Okay, yeah. Or the culture trap. They tell us to blow money fast, right? Balling, yeah. spin it like it's your last, yeah. right? Exactly. Buy all these labels, all these things. Mm-hmm. And you make it think it's about you. Yeah, you can look good. You can have jewelry. You can have all the girls, all the cars. Yeah. But really it's for the corporations that's benefiting off us being consumers. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's all these systems that we kind of go against that entice and tangle us, but it's secretly for the benefit of another, of them, right? Yeah. That's the trap, right? And so there's all kind of traps so that we go through. So we're going to discuss like your journey, any traps that you faced Face. in life or avoided, right? And saw. Um, but what we do as we're driving towards the trap is I want to kind of reverse engineer first, and okay. I want to start with like who you are today. So this yep. is your time. I want you to talk your stuff. Tell okay. us who you are. So go back, back like way back where I started. Then no, no, no. go to who I am. Right. We're going to start with who, who you are. Who I am now. And then we're going to reverse back to, back okay, to okay. where you started. All right? Okay, perfect. So let's start with who you are today. Boniface, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Like, like So talk, my name talk. is Boniface Ogunti. Uh I was able to grow my consulting firm. So I, I own an educational business where I basically educate people on how to basically start their own business online. So I was able to grow that business to more than $8 million. And also, I also own business overseas where I invest in uh, trucking and cargo ship. And that's what I do overseas as well in real estate. So that's Boniface Ogunti to the nutshell. All right. So you've been able to grow a digital business to, uh-huh. to, to over $8 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you have secondary businesses overseas yep. as well. Um, how old are you right now? I'm 25 years old. Moment of silence for this man, please, who's just 25 years old, talking about $8 million just smoothly. (laughs) 
At 25, man, I literally was on a street corner in North New Jersey selling heroin. Wow. Looking to leave that trap and get into real estate for the first time. So, wow. um, you know, I made a couple hundred thousand dollars in the streets, but wow, man, eight million. I think time, you know, our time now is kind of different than for how sure. it used to be. So now it's more easier to be able to accumulate that wealth because education is so is so handed to you now. Correct. It's so totally. for the person who's willing to grab the education, they can be able to benefit off of that. So I think now it's all about who wants it and who don't. Right. Because yeah. it's information age, right? It's yeah. at our fingertips, right? Yeah. So for me, the information was out there, but the information was, yo, here's how you bag up. Here's yeah. How you, here's how you cut up. Yeah. Here's how you cook up. Yeah. But now we have a whole digital age where you can just explode. So it's all of, like it's all about your environment too. You know, a lot of people out there speaking about the trap, right? Mm-hmm. They they're stuck in an environment where they're not like they don't know better. So they think like if this this is all they know, this is all they have to do. So if you're stuck in that environment, that's all you're going to do. Right. So, But a lot of people have to leave that environment. And a lot of them don't want to accept. A lot of people face like if they want to leave the environment they're in, they feel like them changing is bad. People don't think change is good. Mm. You know, so they're always going to be stuck in the trap. And I'm going to keep saying trap because since we're talking about the trap. Trap, 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 trap. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> right. So, yeah. So... So, so, all right. So, okay. So, you're 25 years old, have made millions in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen you all over the internet, all yep. online, as yep. people talk amazing about you. Like, every yep. time somebody ever brings your name up, it's like, yeah, it's always positive stuff, man. Yep. I know you have a lot of brands. Um, what gave you a passion or inkling to, like, help so many other small businesses? So... First, let's go back to who I used to be. All right, let's, let's, let's get into that. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, so, all right. so, so all right, all right, the reason why I'm helping other businesses is because a lot of people wanted my services. So as people wanted my services, it was just like, okay, since I, you wanted my services here, what I has, that's what I have to offer. You can, you can take advantage of the service. But what really gave me the motivation to get into all of this was how I grew up. Mm, okay. So I grew up, like, if we're speaking about the trap, I grew up in Section 8. I grew up in Minnesota, right? In Brooklyn Park. Okay. Right? So it was, I grew up in Section 8. I didn't have nothing. Like when I came to the United States when I was like five years old. Okay. I moved to the United States. Where'd you come from? I moved from uh, Liberia. Okay. So there was a war in Liberia that was going on. So all the immigrants, we moved here from Liberia. I went, I I moved to New York first. And after New York, I went to uh, Minnesota. Then I got raised in Minnesota. So when I- Were you with your mom and dad? No, no, no. I wasn't with my mom and dad. So me and my dad never really got along. So I used to be with my grandma. Okay. I was like the kid. I was, I was more of the, the kid who like, I love my grandma. So my grandma. Me too. I love my yeah, grandma. My grandma, <laughs> my grandma always like, she loved me out of everybody. So she would like. Do I was her favorite she, too. <laughs> yeah. She would do things for, she would do things for me that she wouldn't do for like the other kids because I was more open though. I was more like teachable. I was more willing to do things that. I was more, I was open to listen. Mm. So when I moved here from the, from Africa, I was all living with my grandma. It was like 16, 17 of us in one townhouse, right? Because- Oh, back up. 16, 17 of you? Yep. In, in one, one townhouse? House. Yep. This is in Minnesota or in Africa? This is in Minnesota. So you're in Minnesota with 16 or 17 of you in one townhouse? One townhouse. Let's, let's just stop right there. <laughs> what is that like living in one townhouse with uh, over a dozen people? It's crazy. You know, the thing about it is that that's why I tell people it was hard. For, I was one of the youngest. So me, it was hard for me to find who I was 
because mm-hmm. there was so many, and I was, and I, there was so many, I have older cousins and everybody, so it was so hard for me to find myself. I always would look up to my big cousin because he was doing this. I always would look up to this other person because he was doing this. So it was hard for me to find Boniface. Mm. So being the youngest and having so many people in the household. Were you the youngest of all of them? I was like the third youngest. Gotcha. Okay. So it was so many people in the household. But, and I always was looking up to my big cousins and it was doing different things, right? So being in that situation, it's hard to really identify who you are because there's so many people around you. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So, all right. So, so, so grandma's head of the household? Grandma's head of the household. She filed for all of us to come to the United States. You're on Section 8. Yep. With like 17 people in the house. 17 people in the house. So they told us to, they told, they, they actually kicked us out of the house because it was, we didn't own the house. So they said it was too many people that was living in the house. So my grandma ended up getting another townhouse, uh, like literally like a mile away. So in Brooklyn Park. How many bedrooms? It was uh, three, four bedrooms. Three, four bedrooms, and we're all living the, like we're all sleep in the freaking uh, living room. But you know, I was young, so we all used to play fun, video right, games. Right, you got it was fun. Yeah, it was yeah, like we was having fun. Wrestling, yeah, wrestling, yeah, you know, people. we know, yeah. we playing snowball fights. You know, Minnesota. So it was like it was more like I didn't look at it like oh, so many people. So even when I'm not with like the people I'm with, like my cousins and all of them, I feel kind of down. Because there was so many of them there, it was like, oh, where's my cousin? Where's this? Right, you know? the energy you always Yeah, had. so I was always, we never was bored because there was so many people around us. So my grandma moved there. Then after uh, she got sick. So what ended up happening, she went to California. But before she went to California, my grandma started teaching me practical skills that developed me as an entrepreneur. So when my, when my grandma was living in Minnesota, she started paying me $5 to clean the house because all my cousins never wanted to clean the house. Mm. But I was young, so and I was like, I needed my grandma. I didn't have my dad. I didn't have my mom. My mom was in Liberia. Mm. So my dad, me and my dad never got along. So uh, my grandma was well, like... I, I want to just go there. Like how, as a, you know, a youngster, um, how do you have friction with your dad? How, how do you not get along? So, I mean, the, me and my dad, we had like a... I understand why. Because I'm successful now, so I was able to give that relationship back. Okay. But a lot of people, when you know, everyone have dreams and goals. So as a male, if they if if a male isn't accomplishing their dream, they feel I, as every every man they feel like why should I be around my family? Let right. me go accomplish I my dream. I haven't done, what I, I haven't do done what I was supposed to do for them. Why am I here? So mm. I had to realize that that's what me being older is what made me mm. accept that is what made me bring that relationship back because I'm like, okay, I'm understanding of why a male would disconnect himself from his family. Mm. So me and my dad really didn't get along. So my grandma would pay me like $5 and I would go to the dollar, I would go to like the 17 store, buy my honey bun, my bricks, and I would yeah. drink that. You know, I used right. to play basketball too. So I would basically go after the game and just get my, you know, the, the food court upstairs and go get my food, and that's about it. So I was doing that, and my grandma would always pay me to do stuff around the house. So I started being, I started learning how to do stuff for money. So then after, my grandma used to ground me a lot. Mm. So anytime I would get in trouble, she never ground everybody else because they would just leave. Mm. But it's because I didn't have my dad, and I didn't have my mom. So when my grandma used to ground me and tell me to stay home for four months, like the summer, she would be like, you can't go out. If I do anything bad, you can't go out the summer. What would you do? To, oh, give me an example. Because my, <laughs> all right, like my cousins, they would go out. Like my grandma never liked me going out because I was young. She never liked me going out like 
at night and stuff. Right. And being out till with my cousins. Street, my street lights cousin. come on. It's yeah, like... she didn't like me. She didn't like me being... Because some of my cousins, they would do stuff like unethical stuff. Like they sell drugs and, you know, different things. You know, uh, so my grandma would be like, no, you can't do that. Sit at home and... Go behind the couch and you have to sit there the whole day. So <laughs> discipline. So, discipline. So she would be like, sit at home, you have to be in this house the whole summer. Wow. So that is what grounded me. And me being successful, I started realizing those principles are what allowed me to be able to ground myself to, to this day. Wow. Because my grandma grounded me, allowed me, so now I could stay home for a year. And I don't feel bad about it. You're chilling. <laughs> I'm chilling. I don't feel like, oh, that's bad. Oh, I'm working on something. Like, I don't feel like it's bad to be able to do that. So there's principles my grandma was teaching me, like grounding me. How, how, how old were you about then? I was in like fifth, sixth grade. Fifth, sixth grade, around there, like around gotcha. that. Yeah, so my grandma would ground me and stuff. And she will just say, sit at home. Don't do this. Don't do that. And don't go party. You know, we used to go to all the house party. You know, so my cousins, all of them used to go to the house party and my grandma would always not want me to be in that crowd because sometimes they would go to the house party and somebody would shoot in the air and then, you know, right. it was a shootout. Then she was like, don't be going to hang out with those bad kids, you know, so that's how... Environment. Yeah, so she pulled me from there and anytime I would go there, because I didn't have a lot of friends, so anytime I would go in those environments, she would bring me back. So then what ended up happening, my uncle started paying me to clean his house. He would pay me $25. I would go and clean his uh, tub, wash his laundry, everything, and just do everything for him over the weekend. And that, that allowed me to start making money and start mm. making me feel like, oh, I actually won money. Like it was my cousins that wasn't doing it. I'm more successful than most of them because I think those principles when I was younger that allowed me to, oh, I want to make money. So it made me more of a hustler to want to make money because of the things that they, my grandma and my uncle and everyone was teaching me. Wow. Because I was so humble and willing to learn. Wow. So, yeah. So that's how, that's how, that's how, that was my story of how I got started. Then after, once I, what ended up happening, my grandma ended up going to LA because she had a sickness. My, my auntie was living in California. So then after I moved with my step auntie, and my so uncle. You, so you stayed in Minnesota or you went to California? No, I stayed in Minnesota. Okay, so, so I went left. to another house now. Gotcha. So I went to another house now. It's a family we, house. Yeah, it's a family house. So it wasn't like strangers. So it was my family house. I went there. I started living with them for like sixth grade to uh, until I graduated high school. Okay. So as I started listening, as I stayed, I started being more like, I still had the mentality of I wanted to make money. Gotcha. Because I had all the little necessities. The, per the person I was living with, they didn't, like, give me money to do anything. They just say, here's your house. This is what you have. That's it. So I wanted to make money for myself. And I never, I never had the confidence to ask people for money. Like, I couldn't go to somebody and be like, hey, can you borrow, like, my auntie? I couldn't do that. So I was like, I need to make money for me. So what ended up happening was that I started selling clothing. Is it high school? My, yeah, this is in high school. Okay. I, I started my clothing brand. I had a recording studio. I had a shoe custom brand. So I was on the internet for a long time. So what year was this? That this was like... You're pretty young. It's been 20, like last year. This was, no, no, no. <laughs> this was, this was like 2012, uh, 13. Okay. I was in high school. 2012, 13. I was in high school. 2014, around... I graduated 2014. So it was like 2012, 13. As I started doing that... I started making money. I made my first $20,000 in three months doing shoe custom. So I seen this guy online on Instagram. So I used to be popular in school because I used to play basketball. I was really good. Okay. So, what um, position? 
I used to play point guard. Point guard. Yeah, I used to play point guard. What's the most assists you had in one game? The most assists was like seven. Okay. Seven, but the most points I had in one game was like I was going. I was going to points. I was going there. Yeah. <laughs> 23 points. Yeah, gotcha. 23 points. So I was doing that. People looked up to me. So me and my friends, one of my one of my friends, his dad would always travel. So he had this crib. And we basically called it the trap house. Right? <laughs> right? It was the trap house. So we basically would always be in this crib. We had the studio downstairs. I had a clothing brand. And I was making money uh, shoe customing. So when I was doing my shoe custom, I, I bought the, I went on Craigslist, I bought the whole plaque, the whole thing for the studio, every single thing. We had a studio downstairs, we had our clothing brand, we was doing photo shoots, and was just making money hustling in this trap house. Wow, in, in high school? In high school. And so tell me about the shoe custom brand. Was that like, hey, I bring you my shoe? And so people, you... that's the craziest thing. So people, I, I seen, this was actually like, me being such a hustler was a test. I literally seen the guy online shoe customing people. I went on YouTube and say, how do I do the shoe custom? I seen people airbrush. I bought the whole airbrush machine. It was like five, six hundred dollars. I bought the whole equipment, every single thing. Then after it was, I always was good at social media. Mm. So one of my friends, he had a platform that had over a million followers. Mm. So his name was La Truth. The truth, it was these guys on Facebook, because this one's Facebook used to be popping. They used to post the links and all of that when they used to make money with links and stuff. So one of my friends, he I paid him like $200 to promote me on his page. So he posts one of my shoe custom. Boom, I got like 3,000 text messages because I would put, I would be like, text this number to get the shoe custom. I got like 3,000 text messages in less than 20 minutes. Damn. So everybody started shit. So I, then I told people to basically it was $120 to put their uh, money in their shoebox and send it to my house and send it to the warehouse. So people started sending it to me. People started sending it to me and sending so it to me. they were sending their money with the shoes? With the shoes. Because, you know, I didn't know about payment process or anything like that back then. Yo. <laughs> they would put their money in the shoes. Old school trap transactions. <laughs> they, would send it to my, they would send it to, they would put the money in the shoes and send it to my house. So when they put the money in the shoes, I got all the shoes. I started airbrushing shoes. You know, I only did like two, three airbrush. So people started sending me different styles they wanted. Different. I never had a website. It was like, they just say, hey, this is what I wanted. And people would just send it to me. Because Latruth had a big platform and people trust his platform. So it was like, oh, let me just send it to him. Mm. So I made like, uh, made, that's the first time I made $20,000 in three months over the summer. So as I was doing that, uh, it became hectic to me. I was young. So I wasn't a business person who like knew about management. Like, oh, let me expend this. That was not on my mind. This is, right. on my mind was like, this is a lot of work. I'm done with this. Right, right, so right. I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I tried to put my friend on to help me, but they wasn't disciplined. I didn't know the right way to pay people or anything like that. Right. So I just scratched the whole business because now it was, it was coming a time when I was going to college. Okay. So I got a, co a scholarship. Let's stop, stop right there. All right, cool. So you made $20,000 in high school. Yep. I'm sure that's... How many shoot orders was that to make 20000 It was a lot of shoot orders. It was like probably like 500. It was a lot. Did it you was complete a lot. all the orders? Did I complete? I completed all of it. It was me and my friends. So that's why it was became hectic. It was me and my friends. Like, I'll show you the whole box and everything. <laughs> it was everywhere. So me and my friends, we just used to just sit there, airbrush the shoes and just do it. Then I was hectic about it. It was like, I couldn't do this anymore because okay. it was too much work. So coming from a household of 17, making $5 for cleaning houses, but now you're in high school with $20,000. Yep. What was that feeling like? Even though it was hectic It wasn't. Business, I was like, 
I was excited, mm -hmm. right? Because it was like, I used to wear Jordans. I used to have all the Jordans mm -hmm. because I never had it when I was growing up. So I would just buy Jordans. I would just do things, you know, have fun because mm -hmm. I didn't know. That's how I bought the whole recording studio. I bought the shoot. I had the whole clothing brand and everything. So anything I had in my mind, because back then, my goal was to become a millionaire. No, one thing first, I always knew I was going to become a millionaire. That's one thing. Right. I had a goal that before I turned 21 years old, I was going to make a million dollars. I had that goal. Like, I was firm on that goal. <laughs> and it happened. So when I was doing all the shook, I, my, my mind was like, the only way to become a millionaire is to, to do seven different businesses. Mm. So I started thinking about all these different businesses to do. So I had the recording studio. I had the clothing brand. I had models. I used to have these models. I used to have all these girls because I was popular. So all these girls would come. They would model. And I would, and I would manage them, me and my friends. And after, <laughs> bam. You get, so we was trying to do anything to make money to hit this goal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you was doing everything. Everything. Did, did you ever get sidetracked or dragged into, like, like the streets or anything that was like... No, one thing about me, I'm going to be honest. I never wanted to do anything like that. I always was... Like, my friends would come to me. I had a friend who used to sell, like, Coke and all that stuff in school. He would come to me and be like, hey, Bonnie, can you invest? I, can you do this with me? I would be like, I would invest in it, but I won't touch it. Right. And one of my friends, I did invest in that stuff when I was younger. Wow. But he, he, he didn't follow through. Gotcha. He basically took my money. Then after, I was, he basically like burn the bridge. Burn the bridge. So I was like, uh, uh, it's a wrap. I'm that gonna just stick to me. what I'm doing. Right. So I just let him go. Then after, I was just kept on doing. Bonnie what I was almost doing. got in the trap, y'all. <laughs> Bonnie almost got in the trap. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna let this guy go. It's cool. Let me just keep doing what I'm doing. All so right. I just kept on doing what I'm doing. And then, yeah. So you mentioned scholarship. Was this, was this so, yeah, athletic, so, educational? Yeah, basketball. So I got basketball. a basketball to Santa Barbara. So I had a scholarship to Santa Barbara to go play in Santa Barbara in California. But my dad, my dad's African. Mm -hmm. My dad's like, you're not about to go to no Santa Barbara. So, so he don't, he never, he, this dude don't travel. He don't travel right. nowhere. So it's like, hell nah. You better sit, you better go to a community college down the street. Right. So, so did not sign the paperwork for me and me and him. That's what broke me and him relationship. Mm. Because I was, because now I was heck. I didn't. All my friends went to college. Mm. Everybody went to college, and I was just in that house by myself. So now I was like, man, I don't really want to do this shoe custom stuff no more. I don't want to do it. I was just depressed. So because of that, so what ended up happening was that I started. I went to the community college at uh, North Hennepin. I went to North Hennepin Community College. When I was at North Hennepin Community College, I started thinking about how to make money, but I did not want to do the shoe custom stuff because it was too much work. Okay. On me. So I was like, okay, what should I do to make money now? So I really started getting into like Les Brown and all these guys. And this is when I was like 17, eight, I was like 17, 18, when I just graduated. So I started listening to Les Brown, Les Brown. And I read the first book. I'm not a good reader, mm -hmm. right? I'm smart, but like, I'm not, I'm not a good speller or anything like that. Right. So my first time ever reading a book in my life. So I wow. read this book called The Slight Edge, and this guy was talking about saving and different things. So then after went, I, I literally, I literally read the book. Like this guy was talking about successful people starting sales. Mm -hmm. So I was like, damn, what is that? I never knew what entrepreneurship was. That was not like right. it was like you just make money, you know, go and try to make some money. I never knew the word entrepreneurship or anything like that. So what ended up happening was that I read the book and the guy was talking about successful people starting still with John C. Maxwell and Les Brown was mm -hmm. talking about it. So then after uh, what ended up happening, I went on Craigslist because now I needed a job because my the person who I was living with, she said it's either I get a job or she was gonna kick me out. 
So I didn't want to get kicked out the house. So I had to get a job. So I, I went, I got this job doing door-to-door sales. Okay. But I, it was like Anderson Windows and Company. So I would go to Anderson when I went there. I did not like it. It was like in, in Minnesota, it's winter. Right. So it's like, you're going to be going door to door in the winter. So right. I was like, oh, nah, I'm not doing this. So what ended up happening, I went to this tip service because one of my friends, he just got a jail. This guy knew all the jobs. I didn't know about jobs. He knew the temp service. He knew every single thing. So he was like, hey, Boniface, come with me to this temp service and we'll put us all to this different job. So I went to this temp service. This guy sent me to a warehouse. So I went to this warehouse job, and I was at this warehouse job. Then after I was lifting up the machines and stuff, I was like, I'm not trying to do right. this. This lady, literally, I was working I was working for like 7 to 7, and she told me to do overtime. I'm like, you crazy. You, you must, you crazy <laughs> thinking I'm trying. <laughs> I'm about to do overtime doing this. So I was like, I'm done with that. So then another thing came. One of my other friends came that wanted me to invest in his, into his drugs again. Into the things he was doing. I paid this guy so did, 15 so did you, you still had money left over from your 20000 I had money left over, but it wasn't like a lot. Because I, gotcha. had, I, had, I had money in shoes. Gotcha. I had money in shoes. And that's how I even got started with this, uh, the whole internet business. Because I sold all my shoes and stuff. Wow. So I had money in shoes. I had but money How many clothes. shoes did you have? I had like two, three hundred shoes. Just, yeah. I had Jordans. I was a Jordans fanatic. Two, three hundred? I just had Jordans everywhere. That's all we did. That's all, as basketball, we just had Jordans. We'd just be chilling at home. That's it. Looking fly. That's all we was doing. So. That's a trap. Yeah. That's that's the culture trap. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So one of my friends, when I was working at the temp service job, the guy was like, hey, you should invest in my drug stuff. Then I was like, okay. Bam. Let me give you, I gave him 1500. So I gave him 15, I gave him 1500. And then after he flaked on me, he was, he, another one. Another one. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm done with this. So then after I left the, I left the, uh, I left the, what's, what is it called? I left the temp, the temp job. And after I was like, man, you know what? I might have started, I might have get into the sales stuff. Because I kept on listening to Les Brown. Anytime I listened to Les Brown, I used to be fired up. Like, I, like he was like my dad speaking to me, right? So what ended up happening, I literally went to this, I went to Craigslist again, sales job. Now I found a sales job in Costco. So I went to the sales job in Costco. This guy, I'm I'm trying, I'm I'm a hustler, right? This guy was like, if you stand right here and get everybody to sign up for direct TV, I'm gonna pay you $120. I said, you telling me if I stand right here and I sign somebody up for direct TV, you're gonna pay me $120? That day I closed three people the first day. The first day on the so job. It was 120 training. for the day or per customer? Per customer. Wow. Per customer. So I closed three people the first day. I started going hard. So I became the number one sales rep in the nation for Smart Circle. Wow. It was this company called Smart Circle out of 50,000 people. I was going so hard. I was having compliance issue. It was like, <laughs> this guy is selling everyone. If you're going behind the babies, desk, everything, right, I'm yeah. selling everyone. Like, hey, come here, sir. <laughs> so I'm selling everyone in Costco. So I got compliance issue and stuff like that, but I can became really good. So I started managing the different retailers. And now it was around like 8, 19, 19 at the time. So I started making 5000 What year was that? I was like 26. 16, 17. Okay. Around there, 2016, 17. I was just now arriving to Atlanta. Yeah, like around there. So then what ended up happening was that I was making $5,000 a month. I was managing uh, Maple Grove Costco, Burnsville Costco, and I was also managing, uh, what's it called, St. Louis Park. And I had a few one in Burnsville. 
So I was managing these Costco and I had different employees. One thing, I was always mature. So I had 50-year-olds working for me, 30-year-old, everybody was working for me. So I had them going You're to like Costco. 21 years old. I was like 21. No, no, I wasn't 21 at the time. I was like 19. Okay. I was around 19 at the time. So I, I was, I had every, because I was so good at sales, people was willing to, it don't matter who, how old they was, they was willing to listen to me because I could go to the store and sign up 30 people in one week. So mm. they was like, oh, I'm about to uh, listen to Bonnie. Put me in the game, coach. Yeah, put me. So, so I started teaching them basically how I was selling and showing them how I get people to make this impulsive decision and stuff like that. So... So 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 I started making $5,000 a month. You know, I was sharp. And I was sharp. Nobody around me was making $5,000 a month. When right. I was like at that age. So what ended up happening, I seen this sharp guy. He was walking in Costco. This guy was sharp. I was sharp. I used to wear suits. My suits were sharp. So this guy was sharp. I was like, what do you do? He was like, I'm a lawyer. I was like, what do you mean you're a lawyer? What do you do? He was like, oh, I lower people car insurance and all of this. And he was making $15,000 a month lowering people car insurance. So I was like, I, I, start, I used to watch Wolf of Wall Street. So I, I gave him the Wolf of Wall Street pitch. You show me how much you're making, bro. I'm going to work for you. We can work together. And I was telling him, let's work together and let's build it because he was moving from Iowa. So he moved from Iowa. Now I, he lowered my insurance because my insurance, my car insurance was like $240. You know, I'm young. So they charging me. So this dude lowered my car insurance with, uh, it, was, it was Geico. He lowered, he lowered it from Geico to Progressive. He lowered it to like $80. So I'm like, I'm going to sell this. Right. So I believed in myself. So it didn't matter what I sold. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to sell this. So I started selling that with him. I didn't make the money that he was making because he wasn't organized. Me, I was lucky because when I was making money with Costco, Costco already had everything structured. Right. So this guy didn't have nothing structured. So I was like, man, you know what? Damn, I watched, what do I do? Then one day, one of my friends, his name is Noah, because I used to play basketball. And people now at this time, I'll post business content on my Facebook. I'll be in a suit. So Noah saw me in a suit and he was like, Bonnie, what are you doing now? Then Noah was like, bro, I'm making $30,000 a month with a blog on Google. One of my friends. Show me the money. He was like, he was like I'm making $30,000 a month with a blog. So he, he, I was like, what the hell? First, I didn't believe him. I was like, man, I'm not believe that. Right. Leave me alone, bro. So then I was at my insurance agency. I was at the insurance. We had a little office in our Brooklyn Park. Then this other client came and this client was talking about how all these kids are making money online. And I was like, that's what Noah was telling me. Noah was telling me how all these people was making money online. So what ended up happening when Noah was telling me all that, I was like, bro, let's meet up. We met up at a coffee shop and he showed me how like he basically made a mock-up version of TMZ. So he made up a mock-up version of TMZ and his TMZ site was ranked because he knew search engine optimization. He was a straight SEO. nerd, yeah. right? So he knew search engine optimization. I didn't know what the hell. I was like, I don't know what the hell uh, Noah talking about. But shit, I mean, <laughs> so he showed me uh, how he was like basically ranking these different articles and Google would basically send traffic to a TMZ, but it would come to his TMZ because put in another difference. So people would come to his blog and I was like, damn. So his, his blog got crashed down then after, I was like, damn, I need to find something to do, right? So I went home and did the smartest thing I ever did in my life. I said, how do you make money online? Everything changed in my life. Wow. That, one, that month right there changed the whole, my whole life. I went online and said, how do you make money online? I started seeing every single, I started bench watching videos. One thing about me, I was a researcher. 
So if I wanted to learn something, I'm going to dissect it until I learn it to the T. So I started researching. Boom, 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 boom. I started going on my computer and start, oh, how do you make money online doing this, this, this? I started researching everything. Then after the first month, I started, I started, I started on Amazon. I started, uh, I started affiliate marketing. I started this, but then I got stuck on Shopify. Mm. Shopify was blown, was banging at the time because it wasn't a lot of competition. It was like tw- it was like in uh, 2017, that year. So what ended up happening? I made like the first month I was doing Shopify, I made like twenty, thirty thousand dollars just selling drop shipping products from AliExpress. Mm. I literally just follow a guy on YouTube and I literally just went in and just did it. And one thing about me, I, I would anytime anytime somebody says something, I would research what they said and see what other person said about that. Mm-hmm. So I really started researching and started learning. That's a trap bar right there. <laughs> researching and then research the research. Search. Exactly. So I started researching, 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 and I really got good at the e-commerce stuff. Then one day I met this barber because this barber, I went to the, my, my Shopify was dinging. Ding, 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 ding. This barber was like, what is that? Because he, he, he was trying to get into Shopify. But this guy had paid for a course. I never paid for a course on it. This barber had paid for a course and stuff like that. Then I was like, I was like, he was like, bro, I bought this course. I've been trying to get into this thing that you're doing here. He was an old head. He was like, I'm trying to get into this thing that you're doing here, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I do this already. Right. So he was like, but I was stuck because I didn't know, like, I always used to see people making like 100 grand a month and stuff, but I didn't know how they was doing it. Right. So the barber had this course, but then he was like, you know what, Bonnie, I'm not going to give this to you until you listen to this audio. He was like, I want you to change your mindset. So he gave me this audio. It was this Kevin Tredome, your wish is your command. That was the, it was the first informational audio I've ever listened to that empowered me. Mm. Like I was listening to this audio. Right. So b- back then I used to smoke weed. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't smoke weed no more. I don't do that. So but back then. So I was high. I was driving from this barber. Then, this, then I was high, right? Then the, the, the we in the trap. Let's talk about it. We in the trap. Let's talk about it. The barber, the barber, the barber gave me the audio. So I started listening to this audio, just driving my 2002 Ford, driving my Ford, going home. I used to live in Woodbury, so I just drive 40 minutes. I'm listening to this audio, and I'm like, damn, damn, what is this guy talking about? He's talking about, oh, he's just giving out so much information. Because normally, I just listen to, like, motivation stuff. Mm. I never listen to straight information, wisdom. I started listening to all this information, like, who do you listen to? Like, he was talking about the five secrets that he talks about is who you listen to. Mm. You have to listen to somebody who have what you want and has been where you are. And he was talking about his principles. You got to be teachable. You got you have to have a high willingness to learn and a high mm-hmm. willingness to accept change. And there's different phases you're going to go through when you're learning different informations. Understand that you're going to go through these different phases. And if you want to learn anything, just master the basics of it because it's all in the fundamentals. He was giving out gems, how information came about, talking about Andrew Cardigan and all these successful people. And I'm like, I and what's the name of this audio author again? Your wish is your command. Kevin Tredome. Kevin Tredome, your wish is your command. So he was talking about how uh, the, the, the first manuscript that came out was the Law of Success in 16 Lessons, which is the actual uh, watered-down version. It's called the watered-down version of Think and Grow Rich. Mm. So he was talking about all of this. So I started really reading now. I started, I went, when I listened to that audio, the first time I went to Mike, I was like, Mike, I finished the audio. He was like, what's the five basics? I was like, what do you mean? 
I, I didn't know the five basics, right. right? So he was like, I'm not giving you the course, Bonnie. Go back and listen to the audio. So I went and listened to this audio again. I mean, the second time it was like, damn, it was a different audio. Right. The third time it was a <laughs> you different missed all the audio. It's like I missed everything he was saying. Right. I listened to it, 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 listened to it so much. I went back to Mike Barbershop. I tried to tell him the five basics. Right. It was like I knew it more than he knew it. Right. So I knew it more than he knew it. Then he was like, damn, you know this stuff more than I know it. So then after uh, he gave me the course, and after I started watching this course, bam. I scaled my business from like 20, 30 to doing over a hundred grand a month now mm. because it was just missing things that I didn't have. Right. Like basically how to basically team. I didn't know like how to bring a team together, customer service and all these different things, like how to skill all. I didn't know all these different mm-hmm. things to skill the business. So the guy was talking about it in his course and all of that. So Mike put me over to the course. Bam, it was over with. It was like, Everything just opened for me. That year, I did 1.9 million. Wow. First year, I did 1.9 million. On, then on, after, on, on, on just e-commerce, just e-commerce alone. So as soon as I was doing that, I started traveling now. So I moved out because I used to live in my girlfriend's mom's basement. Gotcha. So I moved out of my girlfriend's mom's basement. Me and my girlfriend got our first crib. We got our first crib that was living in. What the, year? And what year was this? This was like 2018 now. And you were how old? I was about 21. So you want to be a millionaire by At 21. And I accomplished it. Wow. So it was crazy, right? But I swear to God it was on amazing. every amazing. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, I heard you say that. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it was amazing that I was able to accomplish that. And I was firm on accomplishing that when I was young. It was a goal and I was sticking to that. So and I did it magically. It was like, damn. So I want to slow you up real quick. So just for some trap gems, um, break down for our audience who might be interested even in e-commerce dropshipping or anything mm-hmm. like that. What what exactly is that? If I'm a so, novice, so so okay, if you're a novice, what what, what what e-commerce is is basically uh you everyone shops online. So social media is built for e-commerce. That's what social media is built for. So there's people that buy everything that we buy here. It's from it's from a store. So what happens now? You can create your own store online and you can run advertisement campaigns to that store. Like you can run Facebook ads, TikTok ads, and all these different platforms. And all these different platforms are really good at targeting. So if any product that you have and you have a really good ad, the product ain't, the product would do really good. It's just about how you're marketing the product. So that's what e-commerce is. It's just you being, there's different ways you can go about it. You can be a middleman by drop shipping the products and getting it from AliExpress from these different vendors. And you can just put it on your store and sell it and run ads to it. Or you can have the products yourself mm. and and run ads to it yourself. So it's that's what e-commerce is. Really simple, just selling products online. Hey, peace family. Let me interrupt you real quick. Um, you heard this amazing game from King Boniface. And if you want him as a coach, as a mentor, or to join his programs, we have a How to Beat the Trap special for you right now that you can find and learn more from King Boniface at trappartners.com. That's right, www.trappartners.com to tap into the tools, resources, coaching, mentorship, and all that energy of King Boniface who just came through and blessed the trap. All right, guys. We'll see you there. Take advantage of this amazing opportunity. Now back to our regular schedule program. Wow. All right. So you did that 1.9 million by 21? Yeah, if I did that, then after I started traveling. But one thing about me, I always was curious. So what ended up happening, I got into, I got into a big trouble. Because one of the vendor, because at the time, this vendor had, I did $56,000 in one day. Mm. Was, it was about 400, five, about 500K, 500K in less than 14 days. 
Nice. It was Mike. Mike gave me his credit card. He was like, because he started trusting me now. I didn't know nothing about credit card. I didn't even know. I've paid so many people about credit stuff, and I was like, I didn't know nothing about it. So Mike gave me, Mike was like, here's my credit card. Pay me two, 3000 a month, and you can use it. And it had like forty k on the credit card. So I was, it, I was like skilling my ads up. So as I was singing the ads, skilling up, I was keep skilling up. I kept on duplicating the campaign, duplicating the campaign, and kept on skilling it up. So then the vendor, the product I was selling, the vendor was telling me that she had the product, but she didn't have the product. Mm. So then I got into a hole because I ended up paying this vendor over a hundred k. I sent her a hundred k just for the the inventory for the products. Mm. Then she already got the money. So now I'm stuck. And oh, I got all these inventories. I got all these inventories. I mean, I got all these people that bought the product. Right, customers, right. And now the vendor's talking about it's going to take six months. It's going to take 40 days for the for the product to be produced. Then we also got a shipping. You know, shipping from China is like... Right. What kind of product was it? At the time, I was selling heels, slippers, and accessories. The mm-hmm. most product that I was selling was my heels and my slippers. It was going crazy. My girl was a fashion. She loved to shop. So... She loved, I'm like me, I'm not a shopper. My girl does that. So I'm like looking and she's telling me what's selling. So she's like, hey, this is selling, this is selling, sell this. So you're just doing ads to a hot product that's trending and just doing creative ads. Exactly. And- I'll have my girl walk with the heels and I'll record her and bam, the ad is up. We launching the ad, we skilling the ad up. You marketed on Facebook? What, what only platforms? Facebook. I was only marketing back then. I was only marketing on Facebook ads. I would literally just go on Facebook ads and literally just skill it up. So here's some feet walking by with some slippers. Yep. This your girl. Yep. Hey, guys, you want to buy this? Click my link. Click the link. Wow. Then I used to sell these steering wheels back then where people where you would be in your car. I always used to target the African-American community because that's what my girl knew. She knew about, I never knew about all these different places, Shade Room, World Star, and all these different. So I always used to target Fashion Nova. I never knew about none of that stuff. Mm. I used to work a job. So I knew none of that, like what that was. So she would be like, target this. These are the type of people that are like this. I was like, who would like mm. this? So she's like, do this, do that, do that. So I started doing that. And then it started converting. Okay. So I got in that hole. Then I I needed to get out of that hole. So I start, I paid some guy like 10 grand to go meet him, Gabriel Bertram in Miami. I paid Gabriel like 10 grand to go meet him because Gabriel was the one who showed me how to scale my ads up. Because Gabriel was doing like 70, 80K a day. So mm. I'm like, if you're doing that, bro, how are you not getting in trouble like how I'm getting? Like, how, <laughs> like what are you doing different right. from me? So I went to see Gabriel and stuff like that. But then Gabriel was trying to get... Gabriel was like, oh, I, like his vendor messed him up too at a certain point. So now... But one thing I used to mess with... These China. are all overseas vendors. These like are all China, overseas Asia. vendors in China. So I started linking up with Ty Lopez because mm. Ty Lopez started seeing, because I, I always was running my ads and Ty Lopez to see my ads. So Ty invited me to his crib because he's seen how I was, because we used to post our results on social media and stuff. So Ty invited me to his crib to join his 300 mastermind group. So I was chilling with Ty for like two weeks. We and Ty just working on different things. And I was showing him all the different things I was doing and stuff like that. Then after... Uh, Big flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was on that Tyler Lopez crib for two weeks. Yeah, you know? me and him was just, was just working and stuff. Then after, I learned a lot from him and his team. Him and his team was doing different things. I started learning a lot from them. Then after, he invited me over and over again. I went there like five times. I taught in one of his courses and stuff like that. Then what ended up happening? I started seeing Ty Lopez was selling courses. So I was like, man, I need to get into this stuff. Because Ty Lopez then was killing it. It was doing like, like Ty Lopez was doing 200 grand, 300 grand a day. 
selling courses online. So, and I'm like there and I'm like, whoa. So I'm like, I need to start selling this stuff because at least I won't get in. That's the only thing that could handle my ambition. Because right. so, I was like, okay. No inventory need, issue. There was no inventory issue and I needed something that could handle my ambition. So I was like, okay, I needed to learn who was the best in this that I could learn from that would fit my personality. So I was more of an introvert back then. Now I'm more... I'm more open now because I've been uh, exposing myself to different people. I'm, I'm comfortable with people now. I've been right. So mm-hmm. back then I wasn't really that like that. So I went to this guy named Sam Ovens. I paid this guy like 35 racks. That was the first 35 racks I've ever spent on a training. I literally spent 35 racks to go see this guy because he's doing 20 million a year. Mm-hmm. So I went to see Sam Ovens. This guy had all these different. I never knew about no automation. I never knew about none of that. So Sam Oven started showing me all these different automations that he had to set up in his business with Infusionsoft, Active Campaign. I'm like, what is this? But I was so teachable and I was so willing to stop doing what I was doing and do something else that I literally sat down at home for like six months just learning every single thing and putting everything together. So I put everything together, put everything together. I dropped my product because people, like, people used to ask me to teach them what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But... I was busy doing what I was doing and enjoying my life. Right. I didn't have time to just teach people, right. right? So what ended up happening was that uh, when I went to see Sam Ovens, I started seeing Sam Ovens did like $20 million that year. And Sam Ovens was showing me all these different automations he had in his background of his business. And Sam Ovens just got me organized. He mm-hmm. got me organized, focused, and just telling me, just focus on you, sell your product, and don't worry about nothing else. So I literally set everything up that he taught me to do. That, I did two point. I did two point five million dollars with my uh with my uh with my course, and I just started scaling up my course. I went even more crazier with my course last year, and even the year, yeah. So I just started going crazy with my courses and stuff. Then after, yeah. So that's how I got here. So <laughs> then after, I really, I I really wanted to do something for my future. Mm-hmm. I started. I stopped. I stopped. <clears throat> make. I stopped liking making money. It became not fun for me. Like, I wasn't fun because I didn't have responsibility. So mm-hmm. me traveling and doing different things was like, oh, cool. But then after it became, damn, it's the same thing over and over and over again. Everything I wanted, I got it. Right. I had my condo. I had everything. I had the car I wanted. So it was like, what do I do now? So I started getting a deeper purpose and I started thinking about how can I invest in Africa? Mm. So that's when I made, I, that's why I reconnected with my dad. So I got my dad. I was like, okay, this guy know about Africa. I haven't been there since I was five years old. So I basically reconnected with him. I started watching a lot of interviews. So I stopped studying millionaires. I started selling billionaires. So I started studying all these different billionaires and different things that was doing in the world. Mm. I started studying uh, Lico Dancote. Uh, I started studying every single person. So I started seeing how Lico Dancote started doing trading and how he uh, basically used to just buy stuff and sell it in Nigeria and different things like real estate and every single thing. So I started seeing my boy Freedom. He got a lot. He's going crazy. So I started seeing all these guys and I was like, okay, maybe this is my real destiny. Mm. Maybe this is why I was supposed to get here. Yeah. Because it's like I'm studying all these guys now and they're telling me how like you need to have a cash flow business that will fund your passion business. Mm. So I was like, maybe this is my passion. So I stopped, like, I literally just went, like, seven months, just did. I literally put together so many business plans. I dissected Aliko Dancote when I watched over all his interviews that was ever on YouTube and literally just put a point <clears> to <throat> everything that he ever done. And I made a leap. I invested, like, $2, $2 million. I bought a whole bunch of trucks. And I went to, I, bought, I got my dad. 
I said, hey, we're going to Liberia. What year is this? This is last year. Wow. In the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, in the <laughs> pandemic. Oh, the pandemic the pandemic was a blessing to me. I've made a lot of money in the pandemic. So in the pandemic. What was your biggest year, revenue year? My biggest revenue year was like $5 million. That was nice. my biggest revenue year. So what ended up happening, right? About 25 years old. About 25 years old. So awesome. what ended up happening, I took my dad. I was like, we're going to Liberia. And this is what I'm going to do. My dad had a history in trucking. So my dad had a history in trucking. So I was like, okay, since you have a history in trucking, let's get into that. So let's go find some contracts and every single thing so we can get into that down there. Because all these people are going there and they're investing there. Right. Let me see what they're, let me, let me, let me get my foot wet. And Aligo Dancote was talking about how he came there. He got his foot wet and then he just kept on growing. So I went there. We got all the trucks. I shipped the trucks from China. We, the trucks mm-hmm. was cheaper. It was only 18000 per truck. So we literally shipped the truck from China. It came to Ivory Coast. We drove it all the way to Hopper. And then after we just, right now, we transport fertilizer. This, this is big boy stuff, brother. I'm going to tell you. This is, um, this is what you're talking right now. Some grown men, <laughs> Marcus Garvey, <laughs> some international global business. Like, yes, I'm sitting here quiet, but, but this, I'm impressed and I'm proud of you. And I'm just telling you, this is some, everybody ain't shipping trucks from Asia to, to Africa to the Ivory Coast and driving them to Liberia. Yeah, I like, mean, it's what people, I think it was my, it was like my destiny. So I was like, mm. man, I started thinking like, man, I need to look at myself as a soldier. Mm. So I need to look at myself as a soldier that I'm just doing this for my legacy. Mm. So I really started, I bought all these trucks. I was like, I'm going to- trucks? I bought like, a, we have about 44 trucks. Mm. We have 44 trucks in Grandcourt. We just transport- in Africa. Fer- in Africa. And we just transport fertilizer. And there, you know, rubber comes from the tree. So mm-hmm. rubber, they have a rubber, you know, firestones in Liberia. So it comes from a rubber plantation. So basically we transport all these for these big Arsenal Midtown, all these Golden Varel, all these big companies. So they come there and extract from them. So I'm like, try, one thing I wanted to think about, how can I have a, because my goal was to accumulate a bill. Like my goal, I have a whole plan to make a billion dollars so I can build a factory. I want in. <laughs> I want in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, I want to build this factory so I can be able to create more jobs. Because Aliko Don Cote was talking about how you need to create more jobs. Forget about you need to create more jobs. That's how we're going to be able to solve this problem. So I was like, What's okay. The problem? the problem in the in Africa People are unemployed. There's, the unemployment rate is high. So, because there's no jobs. So, he's building a legal Don Cote. So industry. Yeah. So, we need more industry. So, a legal Don Cote spent $14 billion on the, the largest oil refinery in the world that's being built right now in Nigeria. This mm-hmm. oil refinery is going to be able to supply Africa. So, mm-hmm. I literally started studying him. Then, after I was like, okay, I need to get, because I wanted to get something that's going to be a good cash flow so I can invest in other industries. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what can I do? And my dad, the only thing he knew was the trucks. So I grabbed him. I was like, this dude wanted one truck. But I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Let's buy four. Yeah, let's get get a whole bunch of trucks. Let's get a whole bunch of trucks. Because I was like, it's not going to be worth my time coming here. So I was like, let's do it. We might as well. So we did that. Then after I hired this truck. Did you get contracts first? Before you got the trucks? So my dad and them was already in the... In, there's no competition there. So mm. my dad and them was already in the... In, there's only two... I don't know, it's only me and the next person that has a lot of trucks like that. Nobody else. Mm. So my dad already knew people in the industry. And he was raised there. Right. So it was easier for me to just say, hey, come on, let's go. Wow. So he was raised there. So he, we went to Golden Viral. We went to them. We did the interview. And then after and then we signed the contract, bam, we got the trucks. We got everything rolling. So then after uh, I got, now we're getting a cargo ship. So because we're going to import rice from Taiwan. 
because they got cheap rice, rice there. from ta- Taiwan. Yeah, from to Taiwan Africa, to, gotcha. to Liberia and all of West Africa. So I'm like, I'm trying to think about because I got some my plugs in Africa too. Nice. Okay. Yeah, you got to put me on. So <laughs> my goal is to accumulate. My overall goal is to build something that's big enough to create more jobs. So I'm thinking, how many cash flow can I be- get to be able to accumulate that? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I can get into the the logistics sector with the trucking and have my dad run that. And then I can get into the cargo ship, import rice, and I can get into all these different other real estate and get into all these different industry and save and just get loans and different things, then build this big factory. Massive, yeah. Like how Legal Dakote did. Then I feel like I'm done. So that's me. <laughs> <laughs> in the trap, yo. That's me. Big trap. Clap. That's my whole <laughs> life. At 25. At 25. That's amazing, that's, man. I got. I don't even want Dak. I gotta <laughs> shake your hand like a grown man right now. That's, that's, that's awesome. My, that's my whole life at 25. So, so, so I want to um, give you a quick trap analysis, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, Boniface, as you guys have just heard, was able to. Beat and circumvent by God's grace the corner trap. Twice he tried to mm-hmm. fund drug operations. Yeah, by twenty five, and he, they got flaked on, mm-hmm. which is great by yep. God's grace. Yeah, um, Boniface beat the corporate trap. He was working for Costco. Yeah, working for an insurance company. Was making good money working for Costco for a twenty something year old, right? As yep. a, as a salesperson, but was able to use his ambition and fortitude yep. to be able to beat the corporate trap. Yeah. Boniface had over 300 pair of Jordans, was sucked into the culture trap, and was able to leverage that for cash flow and then be able to, again, Mm -hmm. get into higher level things that end up turning into his purpose. Um, And so, and now you are uh, a global entrepreneur. Are you still working in the digital space? Yeah, so I'm going hard because that's one of my cash. That's your cash flow for the larger So you always have a cash flow business that funds your passion. So I'm never, ever going to stop educating and stop giving knowledge to people who's willing to want to seek that knowledge. I'm always going to be of servant to those people who want it. So I'm always creating new products for those people because that's a cash flow to be able to do that. That's what even got me there. Right. So I'm never going to neglect that. That's my education business. So I'm like, okay, I got to keep doing this, keep doing this so I can keep doing what I want to do. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. All right. So um, you, uh, man. Amazing story. I wasn't expecting all of that. Um, let's talk about uh, your trap transition. Uh, was there a high moment, a defining day, defining moment that said to you, this corporate thing, trying these little drug investments, mm-hmm. all this other stuff is mm-hmm. not it. Like, I know that uh, entrepreneurship, um, there's this freedom route, right? I, I, they're just boxing me in. It's not it. And I, I know I'm going another direction. Was there a defining moment? I mean, like the, when I was doing first, when I was doing the the uh, Costco, I felt like because I was everybody at the job was like, you could do, you should be doing like, because one of the guy who was working at the job used to make a lot of money on the internet, and he like, I don't know, a lot of people they make money on the internet, then they like go away. So this guy was working at the job. He was like, bro, you can do better than this. You should be doing more things in life. You're managing all these people. You should, you, like, he will always tell me this stuff. Like, always tell me. So people all throughout my journey will always tell me, like, I was destined for more, right? Throughout my journey, it was more like I had to, like, I really had good discernment. And I never really wanted to do anything that would get me in trouble because of how I was raised. Mm -hmm. So any trap I faced, I kind of 
got out of it. Right, right. I kind of got out of it. If I seen like, oh, I didn't like this, I was willing to change. Gotcha. I was, if I didn't like this, okay, cool, I'll do this. Self-realization. Yeah, yeah. I was always willing to change until I found something that I liked. The internet stuff was something that I liked because right. it was like I was at home. I had get my new crib. I wasn't struggling for money. It was like I was can make, I can print money anytime I want. I could never go broke because I could just run an ad. Right. So that grabbed me and kept me. I think I was, I'm still stuck in that trap. <laughs> He's in a digital trap right now. Still stuck in that digital trap, right? So, so. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, uh, so what, what, what was this? So, it was overall that process? But was there like a day or a thought or just a, a something that was like, was it that guy? Was it something that was just like, you know what? Yeah, this is my route. With the internet stuff. Everything that I did, I felt it was my route. I never really thought like, I always just did good at whatever I was doing. Whatever I was doing, I just went hard at it. Yeah. I just went hard like it was the only thing until I felt like enough was enough. And then I felt like, okay, let me try something else. Right. Anytime I got sick and tired of being sick and tired of the situation I was in, it made me move on. The only reason why I started doing the Africa stuff, I got sick and tired of making money on the internet. Right. So I was like, Not man, enough. yeah, like, it was like, on, bro, like, it was like, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, this is the same thing over and over. It's like, I could just print money. I could just get right. all this. All this. So I was like, I need something bigger. So that's when I started thinking more. Yeah. So anytime I faced the trap, the only reason I got out of it, because I just was sick and tired of it. Yeah. And I, I just moved on. That's very parallel kind of to my story, man. Like, um... 2014, when you, I think, uh, were going in, not even graduating high school. If I got, you think you were going, going into high school <laughs> at that time. When I started the Jay Morrison Academy, um, you know, we did well, understanding mm-hmm. the online space, et cetera. But it was like, one, it was serving a purpose, right? And I was mm-hmm. educating others and all that. But I just felt like I wasn't squeezing all my gifts and, and mm-hmm. all what I could offer the world and what God wanted me to do and, yeah. and freeing our people and all that. And that's when we um, got more serious about like more intricate things, right? Mm-hmm. Like Tulsa Real Estate Fund, right? Yeah. And, and and raising private capital and, yeah. and just kind of challenging ourselves, yeah. community developments and, and building, yeah. um, co- constantly pushing ourselves and not just staying like, oh, I could make a bunch of money. I'm an online yeah. entrepreneur. Facts, facts. Like that's just it's too basic for, for me. Facts, facts, yeah, facts. For, for yeah, my facts. life and calling. So I would definitely respect that uh, from you. So we're going to hop into a section called, um, right, the, the trap seat. And in, in, in the trap seat, right, it's kind yeah. of our hot seat. Uh, we have something called trap blown. Right, mm-hmm. so it's kind of blowing a trap up. So yeah. that we want to, um, you already done so already, man. You already blew our minds, but um, I want you to tell like a mind blowing story if you have one of like either just something amazing that you can't even believe that you've done or mm-hmm. been a part of or someone you met or I mean, you kind of said a, yeah. a lot of that, but but is there something that just stands out that's just like kind of a mind blowing moment um, um for I, you? The mind blowing moment for me was more like when I was uh when I when I wanted, when I wanted to invest in Africa, like I always used to hear you, right? That's the real reason why I really liked you. I used to hear you always talking about legacy, 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 legacy. Mm-hmm. So when I used to hear that, that, that I like, I I like that. I like people who like. I was like, oh, I like that, you mm-hmm. know. So the mind blowing moment for me was when I was like looking at myself as a soldier. I was like, I can't just do this just for me. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, what can I do for my people? Because I went to Africa. Like, my mom, she was living in a $20. My mom, I never seen my mom. She, her, the print she was living at, it was $20, $20 a month. Mm. So my mom, so me walking there, it was like, damn. It made when me- your mom lived in a place that was $20, $20 a, a month. month. And that's when I went to see her in 2019. My mm. real mom. 
So when I was there, I was in like, Liberia. In Liberia. So I was like, damn, I got to do something, man. It was like, I like, I just felt like I had a better purpose in life. Yeah. Like, I got to do something for my people. It was right. like, it was like, damn, that was like the aha moment for me. It was like, that's I the don't aha care. moment right there. I don't care. I just got to make a sacrifice. I just got to, that's when I went so hard on my business. I never went so hard on my business so much in my life. I literally put, I literally went hard. I was selling, selling. I got my team. We just selling, 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 selling. And we just went hard. Everything must go. Everything, but I must change this situation. Yeah. So seeing my mom in there was just like the big aha moment that I had to do something different. Yeah, you know, for me, um, actually, it reminded me of, uh, I was working for Sotheby's International Realty. Mm -hmm. I'm on NBC, Celebrity Realtor. Mm -hmm. I'm um, touring $56 million homes, mm -hmm. all this fancy stuff. But I was educating in Newark, New Jersey in inner city schools. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a program called Hip Hop to Homeowners. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing one of the kids in school um, in Newark, they had the school uniforms on, right? The school uniforms are kind of like shrunken and mm -hmm. wrinkly and mm -hmm. all that. But they had literally had um, a pair of white sneakers on mm -hmm. with the, um, her thumb toe hanging out yeah. with a hole in her sneaker. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how did I just leave a $56 million house in Alpine, New Jersey, mm -hmm. uh, America's richest zip code, and now I come to North New Jersey, and our kids are going to schools with holes in their sneakers? Damn. I got to do something. like, and, and, and I have this knowledge and information yeah, and, and these hard. gifts. You got to go hard. I got to do more than just be a celebrity realtor. Yeah. Like, 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 that ain't it. Yeah. You know? And so it's kind of that, that, that same kind of purpose transition for me. Like, yo... It's more than just me. It's more than just my family. Mm -hmm. I, my family, okay, I can take care of them. They can be yeah, straight. Yeah. But what about the rest of us? What, exactly. Yeah, so I really respect that. So that, that that's definitely mind-blowing. Um, $20 a month and, and yeah. you didn't take an action around that. And I and took action. Took action. All right. And so give us one if you have uh, either regret, embarrassing moment, shameful moment, or something like that. Something you would take back, right? Like, like something like, oh, man, if I could do that again, I'll take that one back. Oh, regret. The only thing that I, re I, I don't know if I can say regret. <laughs> That's a big word. So it would be like, because everything happens for a reason. For sure. Right? So when I was starting the internet marketing stuff, all my friends, I used to tell them about it. But all my friends, they never used to believe it. They never used to care about it. They was like, what is this? And they thought it was like, that wasn't real. Right? right. So... I regret that because some of them, they're still doing what they're doing now, right? So I don't, damn, that regret. <laughs> I regret, like, not like, maybe I didn't spend enough time with them to really cultivate them, to make them believe that at that stage that it was real. But I tried, 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 tried so much right. and try to expose them. Like one of, my, one of my cousins, I was like, hey, look, I've been sending you this message from the day I started this. I've been sending you screenshots of everything I've been doing. Look at your messages. Mm. I've been sending my, like four or five of them. Now, the, one of them actually just came to Atlanta two weeks ago. <laughs> it's like, I got to see what Boniface is doing. Right. So... I regret not really. I regret them not listening. <laughs> I regret them not listening. I regret y'all not I listening to me. Them not listening. You get what I'm saying? I regret them not listening. I regret y'all missing out on this bag. Yeah, I regret them not listening. Right? Because it was they were so stuck in their environment. It was so like, and I was so open and I was so willing to adapt and so willing to learn that people just thought I was just one of my cousins thought I was just this freakish nerd. And I was, it wasn't like I was doing anything magical. 
Right. I was just learning YouTube videos and just learning stuff at home. Simple stuff. I would buy a court, learn at home, did action, and it worked. Right. So it was like, it was just like, I regret them thinking I was just some magic genius or something. And right. I was just doing stuff that was like, just How can right I explain it to you better? How can yeah, I have that, like, like, bro, just log on to the, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't know what, I can't, I don't know. Like, that's the regret. I regret them not listening. <laughs> All right, in real life. All right, family. So, uh, bottom is as we uh, come to a close, man, we have this thing called the trap cheat sheet. And um, it basically is if you were to talk to them, yeah. right? Right. So, whether it be your cousins, well, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but be cousins, your younger self, or someone that might be facing that corporate trap. Sure. Like a great salesman for an organization, right? Like you work for Costco. Yeah. Or, or someone that's caught in a culture trap. They got a million pairs of Jordans. They're looking fly and all of that. Yeah. But, but, but they're not doing anything super purposeful in life. Yeah. Or someone that's a digital entrepreneur. You're making six, yeah. seven figures a month. You think you're the man or woman, yeah. but you have not really embarked on the fullness of your legacy. Yeah. Um, um, give them a trap cheat sheet of how they can break. Because I really think that's one of the yeah. biggest culture traps. There's so many, and I, I kind of regret it in a way, there's so many infopreneurs mm-hmm. that are doing so well and making good money and taking care of their families and all of that. And you think because you're teaching courses, that's leaving a legacy. And it is, but there's more you could be doing in life. So like right. I tell, like a lot of Talk these, a lot of these entrepreneurs is that like, for the longest, when I was doing the stuff, right, I'm going to be honest, I didn't buy, I don't own no car. All the stuff I do is for me to make a profit. Everything I I don't indulge in things that people indulge in. If I do it, it's because it's a marketing mechanism. Because I don't like it's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be real to Boniface. So what I what I would tell most of these entrepreneurs because this they could say oh this. I'm leveraging it, this and that. But they, but they get sucked into the culture yeah, track. Get it's part leverage marketing, but they get, keep it real. They get sucked yeah. into it. They get sucked you into it. You in competition. Of, yeah, it gets sucked into it. They get sucked into it and stuff. So what I would tell most entrepreneurs is that there's, a, there's bigger things you can do because we're making so much money on this internet. And it's like, if you're not going to be able to just think in your heart and feel like, what? how can you change not just you, your family? How can you change a generation? How mm. can you make like a nation? Like you need to start thinking deeper. Like instead of me saying, oh, let me buy all these cars. Hey, let me get my friends. We're going to build a high rise. Let's build this high rise. Let's put this together. Let's get, let's get $40 million and build this high rise in Buckhead. So for, that's for the entrepreneurs who are out there making the money. You have to really make that sacrifice and group up with your friends. I know a lot of you guys, you're making a lot of money. So make that sacrifice and do something big. Go for it. But what's their step, right? In the actual cheat sheet, what would be their first step to finding purpose? You got to know thyself. You got to know yourself. Like, what do you want, right? Because everybody wants something different, right? So you have to know what you want and just align yourself with the people that want those things too. So, but the advice I would give to people who's out there, that's for the people who already making money on the internet, right? Do some big stuff so we can leave some big legacies so we can actually be the one that said, oh, these guys, the internet guys really did it. But for the people who's just getting, who's starting out or even you have to, even the people who are even doing this and you're stuck in the stage where I used to be when I'm like, I don't really care about money anymore. You have to go back to those basics that Kevin Trudeau was talking about. Kevin Chodom said, there's five secrets to wealth creation. Number one is who do you listen to? Okay. You have to listen to somebody who have what you want and has been where you are. 
everything that you have in your life right now, you have been listening to the people that, that what you wanted. Now it's time to listen to somebody else. And that's what I got. When I wanted to make the investment and say, I'm going to make the sacrifice and invest in Africa, I had to listen to people who was, I wanted to be. Mm. So I started listening to Don Cote instead of me listening to all the internet entrepreneurs. Mm. So you always have to listen to someone, whatever stage you're in, you can be starting right now. Always listen to somebody who have what you want and has been where you are. Because if you have what you want and has been where you are, they can show you the roadmap to get to exactly where they're at. And that shortcuts your success to get the success that you want in your life. Because now the second basic is your teachability index. Your teachability index is your willingness to learn times your willingness to accept change. If your willingness to learn is a 10, but your willingness to accept change is zero. Ten times zero is zero. You're never going to change your situation. You're going to be in the same situation your whole life. Mm. You have to be willing to change. So you have to make that sacrifice. There's things that's going to happen. You, like me, I can buy I, I can buy any car. I can do that thing. I can, but I don't want to get stuck in that environment. I always tell people, this is not my life. I don't want to participate in this life. This is not me. Where you used to be was... The life you have now, is this your life you're going to participate in or are you going to participate in the next life? What mm. life do you want to participate in? You want to participate in that life. If this is your life that you want to participate in, stick in that life. And it's fine right. because that's what you want. But you have to make that sacrifice to participate in the next life if you want that next life. Mm. So that's the, second ba- that's the second basic. Then the third basic is your willingness, is your uh, training, is, the third basic is your training balance skill which is 90% of your thinking and 10% action. The only reason why I was able to do so much research and learn the different things that I learned in my life is because of me understanding that it's 90% thinking and 10% action. I don't work hard. I don't do nothing. I literally sit at home, research. If I'm doing, I don't want to do anything that's going to require my time, that's going to require me. If it's not fun for me, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows that. So, don't get caught in that environment where you're thinking that it's just 90% action, 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 action. It's your thinking. Your thinking does it all. Because once you think it through, you can process it through your action. Read the book, The Law of Success in 16 Lessons. Andrew Cardigan, Napoleon Hill was the guy they paid to go study all these people. Napoleon Hill called the book Think and Grow Rich, Think and Grow Rich. When Andrew Cardigan used to go to Scotland, he always used to say he made more money when he was on vacation, when he was thinking, than when he was at the office working. It's 90% of your thinking and 10% of your action. Don't work so hard. Don't fall in that trap that mm. you just have to work, 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 work because you're not allowing yourself to think. You're not allowing yourself to think. So once you think it through, you can process it through your action. So give yourself that time. Then it's the fourth basic with all of us. You can be the person who's killing it. You can be the person who's that. It don't matter where you are. But there's four basic principles to acquiring new information. Number one, it's called unconscious incompetent. Unconscious incompetent means that you don't really know what information out there exists, which is fine because everything we do to this day, we did not know it existed. We didn't know. So then there's the second basic is conscious incompetent, which means you know the information exists, but you just don't know how to do it, which is fine because there's a lot of things out there that exist that we don't know how to do. But are you going to be able to go out there and acquire that information? Bet on yourself. Sacrifice. That's what sacrifice life. You know, when people talk about sacrifice, they think you're talking about the Illuminati. You think you're talking about all these different devil, different things, right? Sacrifice is the determining principle to your success in life. Are you willing to sacrifice and give things up to get what you want to go? So 
you have to be, so if you want to acquire new information, understand that you're going to have to give things up. Then it's the fourth basic, which is when you're learning new information, you're going to get to the conscious competence stage, which means that you know the information and you know exactly how to do it. But then it's the next phase, which is unconscious competent, which means you've been doing the information so long, you don't have to think about it. Jay Morrison told me he did 40 videos in one day. You've been doing these videos for so long, you don't even have to think about it. Mm-hmm. You can sit here and just bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Actually, how many bottles of water you drink? <laughs> right? You could do this information so much. And that's what all of us who are master of our craft. And with any person who's going through life, you're going to be a master of your craft. But are you willing to go through those different phases to get mm-hmm. to that unconscious state? So when you're learning something new, don't feel discouraged that you're not on the conscious state or it's hard for you it's right away. It's the process. And with anything in life, exactly. And with anything in life, you have to master the basics. You have to master the fundamentals because life is very simple. It's just the fundamentals. You master the fundamentals with everything, you're going to be successful. So those are the five basic secrets to wealth creation. That's four. It's five. It's five. Okay. What's the Who do you one? listen to? Your teachability index. Uh, your uh, your your teacher. Who you listen to? Your teachability index. Training balance scale. Uh, four phases of learning new information and master the basics. Okay. So that was five. So when they master that, you'll always be successful because those are the principles. Anywhere you are in life, you can just find somebody to listen to who has what you want. Any The reason why a lot of people don't have what they want is because they're listening to people who don't have what they want. Mm. They're listening to their friends, their family, their coworkers, and these people don't have nothing going on. How do you think you're going to acquire information from them? Mm. So when Wrong I learned... information. Exactly. When Mike gave me that audio, everything changed for me because I said, whoa, I got to start listening to better people. Mm. So I was willing, it didn't matter the price. Listen to all that music, listen to all them blogs, listen to all that reality TV, yeah. and not what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. So I started listening, I started learning from everyone who I wanted to be like. Awesome, awesome. All right, so we got, um, I told you I was extraordinary and a genius, <laughs> and he just gave you real gems, real bars, real action steps, referrals, recommendations, and all that. King Boniface, where can they find you, follow you? And I'll tap into your program. So you could you can follow me on YouTube at Boniface Ogunti, or you can follow me on Instagram at I am Boniface Ogunti as well. All right. So guys, you got that. We'll have in our descriptions here. Um, your your training programs is so is, I have a training program right now that's available. So I have a new program that I just uh, launched. It's called the Digital Millionaires. Where I basically show you instead of you remember I said I had situations that happened with drop shipping. So I had to think creatively of how can I still hit the goal but do something different. So I started selling different products like eBooks and different things. So I now I teach my clients how they can be able to sell eBooks and courses and different things and package an offer that they can go out there and sell for from uh, $20 to $30. You want to do a workshop? You Based on the level of expertise that you have, we're going to show you how to package it so you can charge for your worth. Right, where do you find that at? So you can find that or you can just DM me on Instagram or you can click the link on my bio on Instagram or you can just... Uh, you can just DM me. Just If you will see my links, just go to my social media platform. I always have my links there. And you'll be able to find it. Matter of fact, we're going to make it easy for you. I'm going to talk to Boniface after this. We're going to put a link in this video. Yep. We're going to put a link in this podcast. Yes. And we're going to give you guys a special How to Beat the Trap pro- promo. Boniface yep. and I are going to work that yep. out. We'll give you guys so any, a promo. So, so anybody that comes in from the trap, we're going the promo code is going to be TRAP. T-R-A-P. That's going to be, yep. we're going to already claim that. Yep. And we're going to give you guys some kind of discount or bonus for anybody from How to Beat the Trap that goes yep. to Boniface and grabs his courses. 
He and I, we're going to work that out in the back yeah, end. We got you guys. We're going to get some kind of discount or some bonuses, man, for you, you guys, guys joining. But you want to follow him as a mentor. Amazing guy. King, I appreciate you spending time with us, man. Of course. I anytime. learned so much, man. Inspired, the power. Anytime. anytime. I'm inspired by you. Man, so <laughs> I'm inspired much. by you. <laughs> Look at this. You got this big building. You're doing things, bro. You're changing the world, bro. Thank you so much. I'm inspired much. by that. And I love to see when people are actually like thinking about their legacy. Absolutely. You know, that's like, real man, life. Yeah. you know, like you thinking about your legacy. You're not like even saying the word legacy. Yeah. It's a big statement. Right. You know, so. Right here from the Legacy yeah, Center. Right here from the Legacy Center, you know. Yeah. All right, guys. You already know what it is, man. Thank you guys for joining us in the trap. Make sure you stay tuned for our next episode. Like this, share this, subscribe to the podcast, man. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And I'll see you next time on How to Beat the Trap. Hey, Peace Family, it's Jay Morrison, co-founder of the Legacy Center here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I want to invite you all to be a virtual member of our building, our Class A office space, also known as the Black House. From anywhere in the world, you can house your business here in Atlanta, Georgia, and have your virtual address be our address. Get your own suite number. You also can get our virtual notary services, our virtual receptionist services, have a telephone line for your team, and get access to our meetings rooms, conference rooms, and get one day per month to actually visit our building and house your business here in real life. Family, this opportunity is just $40 per month or $300 for the year, super discount for you to be able to have a class A office space house your business address two miles from Tyler Perry studio, five minutes from the world's busiest airport right here in amazing Atlanta, Georgia at LegacyCenter.com.